it's just like that with founders we gotta have we, we gotta wear multiple hats especially in the early days when mm-hmm. you didn't have enough fun fun to hire people right yeah you just have to do what is necessary for the company so hmm. i was i'm the non-technical person in the company because for my other co-founders they are all like engineers they have engineering background so hmm. i had to do everything non-technical including hmm. marketing and i do marketing by building in public on twitter yep. as well as mm-hmm. on other platforms as well and it's just that with TikTok and Instagram, you kind of have to be a content creator where you like um, create short form videos. Um, Other non-technical things, um, yeah, finance, that's non-technical. And then HR, when we start hiring employees, I also had to deal with the like payroll benefits, wellness kind of stuff, kind of things. All all other fun things, right? Yeah, so well, um, if you want to generalize it, it's I handle everything non-technical. Although if you break it down, it sounds like right. a lot of different things. <laughs> right. Welcome, welcome everybody! Thank you for tuning in to the Undefeated Underdogs podcast today. I have a good friend who I kind of like met on the internet. A couple years ago, when I was actually building and hustling with Shoutout, she is also kind of hustling with her own startup. Uh, And I've been good friends with this person for a while. And I admire her building public skills. I admire her Twitter skills and the writing skills and everything. So uh, without further ado, welcome, Michelle Marceline. How are you, Michelle? How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you so much, Shara. Happy to be here. Yeah, and we recently met after a long time. It was like, you know, uh, it was fun yeah, meeting you. Yeah, from 2021, I think. Yeah, from 2021 to 2023, it's like, you know, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's a, it took some time, but we finally met. Uh, today I have like, I think Kevin Chandra is supposed to join, but, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to squeeze as much as we can from you, every ounce of knowledge that you can mm-hmm. give to us. Uh, but I'm excited to unpack a lot of things. Uh, for folks who are not, who don't know Michelle, Michelle mm-hmm. is the co-founder of Type Dream, a powerful buffet, I would say, for creators where they can actually build websites, build link in bio type uh, pages and everything else uh, for their, you know, gumroad type products or anything that they sell on the internet so it belongs to creators so they are creators and they're building something for creators which i'm very excited about and michelle uh, is also featured in forbes uh, a while ago she's an immigrant like me um that's something that you know we both connect on that level and uh she's a big big proponent of building public uh, movement which you know i really admire like i said in the beginning some mm-hmm. things sometimes I just like kind of like go into your account, Michelle, to like see how you're tweeting, how you're kind of uh, projecting type dream, so that I get some ideas. So uh, some some of my ideas are like stolen from you. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, that's okay. Uh, yeah, welcome to the show. And right off the bat, uh, mm-hmm. how are you feeling? Congrats on getting your green card. I saw your post couple of days ago uh i mean a couple of weeks ago you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of celebrating fourth of july 
as well as your you know green card how are you feeling oh i feel amazing um it's just that for the past 3 or 4 years i haven't been able to just focus on building type dream just focus on my work because hmm yeah those visa situation it did take a lot right. of time yeah Right. So no no yeah absolutely yeah. i think you know it's it's kind of stressful right like it's it it kind of extracts a lot of mental energy i would say not physical but per se but mm-hmm. mentally it'll drain you it, it you know i i am still going through by the way <laughs> but uh some point of time i'll get there uh, but yeah talk to me like how was your experience what was like what, how did you like you know is it Did you go back to all the memory lane? Like you know, talk to me about the whole whole journey. The visa journey. Yeah, visa, visa. Like once you got it, how do you how did you felt the joy of freedom? <laughs> um. So the journey I think started back in 2019. I had just graduated mm-hmm. college, and if you did. stem so if you're majoring in either science tech math or engineering you get 3 years of mm-hmm. um like working permit in a way but then you'll have to work for another company and if i want to pursue mm. a type dream then i wouldn't be able to do that so i had to find mm. an alternative and i think i scrolled through bookface which is the internal y combinator Y Combinator directory and a lot of other YC founders did this thing called the O1 visa, which is the extraordinary mm. ability visa. Um, there right. were like eight requirements, but you used to satisfy at least four, I believe. And then I worked mm. with the lawyers that the other Y Combinator founders worked with, and they were able mm. to get one. So that was a relief. It was a visa, three years, but. renewable forever so technically i was safe but then my lawyers mm. convinced me why don't you apply for the eb1 green card the requirements mm. are about the same so i was like yeah why not i mean if i right. could like not have to go through the hassle of renewing the visa then that would be great right, right. yeah so it, it was, basically the efforts were with the lawyer um i didn't really do much but to like review the the applications And yeah mm-hmm. um, when i got it when i got it it was like yeah a really a turning point for me that i can finally focus on building my business and that i know for sure that i can build mm. this business in the us since most of our most of our customers are in the us our investors are also in the us mhm yeah that's awesome yeah you know thanks to you uh for folks who don't know michelle really helped me push to get o1 for myself as well she introduced her lawyers and like she was like very uh very informational like hey do this do that avoid this so she's kind of like you know kind of like uh like an advisor for me in that <laughs> in that aspect and which i'm really grateful for you know i'm fortunate to say that i'm also on o1 uh thanks to you michelle uh for all the recommendations and everything but no i i kind of know the feeling of uh how how stressed and also like how limited you can do when you are on you know certain visas right so yeah. i'm so mm-hmm. happy for you congrats again but let's talk yeah. about like you know uh let's talk about let's go back to like the 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 beginning days of type dream mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. 
Tribe Dream is is founded by five people. It's yeah. very unusual that you hear, yeah, you hear like a, a group of people like doing one thing, yeah. right? Like you usually end up having solo founder or you know maybe couple three. or something. That that's that's like the max. Three yeah. is like you know the kitchen is full. Everyone mm. else get out. <laughs> But, <laughs> So my question is so a I want to I want to unpack or new to unpack like how did you guys meet a mm-hmm. number 2 is like how did the whole thing came up together like how mm-hmm. five of you came together and I like, say okay we all want to do this the mm-hmm. one thing and only the one thing yeah so the five of us we met in CS 101 so just the first computer science class in college um we met probably because we are from we're all from indonesia so i guess we were just looking for other indonesians in the class and yeah we met each other and then mm-hmm. um there were not so yeah there were other indonesians who went to that same college it's just that mm-hmm. the five of us came to be friends and wanted to build a nice. project together because we shared the same vision we want to stay in the mm-hmm. US we want to mm-hmm. we're into tech <laughs> cuz yeah we mm-hmm. met in the mm-hmm. computer science class and we want to build a startup together whereas the other indonesians mm-hmm. they mostly are, were just here for college and that they would go back to indonesia to continue mm-hmm. their parents' business or something yeah that's like the more common indonesians um and then interestingly mm. the five of us were like inspired by the same th- like kind of the same thing so we were inspired by Steve Jobs with his developments with the iPhone and then the social network movie about Facebook yeah mm-hmm. we were inspired the movie, by yeah, right. that generation um right right yeah, from those like I can sense that yeah <laughs> Yeah, so that's how we bonded and yeah, we decided to build a startup together. Um during school we built a lot of projects together, but th- those were just like hobby projects because we were still in school and then once we graduated college, we decided to pursue this full time. We applied to Y Combinator and we got in, thankfully, or else we would have been deported because of all the visa situation you need to be employed, right? Wow. Was that like <laughs> was that like that line you know if if you didn't get to a combinator you were like uh you were you have to go back is that like yeah. the situation back then yes i think you only have 90 days after your graduation date um for uh-huh. you to find an employer and right. yc was in i believe october so yeah like right about the deadline <laughs> wow so that was that sh- that must have been very intense for you to like in a lot of pressure from yeah. from every so corner how did you one or zero situation for us wow in uh yeah talk to me i think yeah you were you were talking i didn't mean to interrupt but yeah go ahead um no no yeah so we got into y combinator and then we got into YC with another idea before we were trying to build ramen mm. for Indonesia so we were trying to allow Indonesians to trade US stocks because obviously nobody wants to buy Indonesian stocks um but then we faced financial hurdles and regulatory hurdles we couldn't get the licenses required so mm. we thought that it would be 
to something else, which was an authentication plugin for website builders. Um, and that's because of our learnings building the um, stock app for Indonesia. So what we learned is that people in Indonesia and de other developing countries, they don't log in using email password like we do here in the US. They log mm -hmm. in using their phone numbers and a one-time code sent via SMS. Yeah. I think yeah, it's so called we OTP building... or something like that. Yeah, right? one-time password. Yeah. Yep. Right. So we're building that technology. So other apps and websites in developing countries, um, they could just use our mm. technology without having to build it themselves. Like we would save mm. a couple months of engineering mm. work. Yeah, so we're mm. building that and then it got acquired by Stitch. It's a US company that does, does almost the exact same thing. We're acquiring oh, wow. 2021 and that is why we moved on to TypeDream. And why TypeDream? It's from the authentication company so it's like we learned we always learn something from the previous company but when yep. we were building auth people were asking for a notion integration like they want to log right. into their notion document so we we're like why would you want to do that um right. and then apparently people say that um they were building their websites on top of notion just because of how easy the editor is it's like so familiar mm -hmm. to them um, it's just like Google Docs or Microsoft Word that everybody could use it. It's not like, and, and yeah, we were like curious, aren't there a lot of mm. other no-code website builders out there like Webflow, yeah. WordPress, Squarespace, mm -hmm. like, are mm -hmm. they not enough for you? Hard, right. Yeah, they were like, no, there's still some learning curve, whereas for Notion, there's no learning curve at all because we've been using Google Docs and Microsoft Word our whole life. Yeah, mm. So we thought we saw that opportunity that there could be another version of website builder that's so similar to Notion that is like that has very low or almost no learning curve. Yeah, so that's how wow. Type was born, a Notion-like website builder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I still remember. I, I always thought Type Dream is the, the idea you went to YC. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like you know, uh, yeah. you guys always talk about tribe team more than our previous. <laughs> yeah, we were, probably we you should just start doing that. Before. We weren't building in public before yeah. type dream. Right. Exactly. <laughs> See, I think there is a that's like a huge difference, right? Like once you start talking things in mm. public, everybody, you know, so lot many people they just think that I only build shout out. You know, I didn't build anything <laughs> before, right? Uh, and I was like, hey, I did like so many things because we were so vocal about one thing. Yeah. So that's, I think, probably you should talk more about your previous experience. That's a fascinating story. I feel the thing you learned from uh, the stock, you know, platform, stocks platform you've implemented in the auth mm -hmm. and the thing you learned from auth, you're, you're trying to implement in Type Dream, right? So that's, yeah. that's fascinating. And, uh, so when you're pivoting, were you mm -hmm. scared? Were you like, because you, you have this firm conviction that you went to YC, right? Yes. And what, what, what should, like, how do founders wrap up their mind around pivoting, especially when they're in a big stage like YC, you get uh -huh. a lot of attention. And what should, like, you know, how, how was your mindset was back then? Yeah, to be honest... 
Um, the pivots I've done before aren't like hard pivots, so I don't know what the experience like if you have a really established business, but you need to make the call mm. to pivot. Um, the pivots I've done before, so the stock trading app to the authentication app, well, we couldn't get the licenses required, so it was a, like a no-brainer pivot, right? There's no way we mm. could work and continue this um right. stop trading app so yeah that was an easy pivot i would say and then the right. authentication pivot to the type dream pivot um what what we so we fa we were faced with two problems um when building this auth company and mm -hmm. it's, these two problems existed because it was a b2b company so the first problem mm. is that our team was really small. It was only the five of us at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And then we were serving businesses. So we had to make sure that our system is up 24 seven. And it's not only because we were serving businesses, but also because our, like the product that we were offering was like at the front line, right? Authentication, sign up, login. So if we're down for like just a few minutes, then these businesses would freak out because they would lose their potential customers if they couldn't log in or sign right. up. Yeah. So we were faced with that engineering problem where we couldn't have a good enough SLA to serve these businesses. Like um, I remember we our system would be like, would crash at 3 a.m. in the morning and then we all had to wake up and fix that bug and then mm. we're even in the news one time like no the company that were using us were in the news one time not for a good reason but because their system was down <laughs> and, wow. it was, and it was our mistake at the time so yeah that was wow. really really taxing <laughs> us that yeah, we're kind of tra traumatized with being a B2B company. And then the second one is that we couldn't do sales because what we learned from yeah. the B2B business is that it's not about your product at all. Like they don't care if you have the best product in the market. It's more of like whether or not you can sell. And then at the hmm. time we were just fresh graduates. So we didn't know anyone at any other company and the way B2B businesses do sales is they usually they were usually a part of another company so say they were they worked at salesforce and then now they were they're they're building this b2b and then they would contact someone they know from salesforce to hmm. like some part of their business yeah so we didn't have any connections before so it was hard for us to scale beyond the point um we had right. um yeah and then there's this another other company who does exactly the same thing as us. They just raced around at the time, um, hmm. and then they decided to acquire us. And it was not an acqui, uh, acqui, no, acqui hire. No, just the oh. product. Product. Okay. And uh, when when you got acquired, like. Were you satisfied? Are you guys still hungry to do the next thing? How did you like uh, come together as a team again, the five of you? It almost feels like you're you're like this, you know, either like a Ninja Turtles or something like that. that <laughs> stick together, right? Like <laughs> like, a, yeah. like a boy band or a girl brand. Uh, yeah. So how did you come up again? Like 
I want to I want to understand how do you guys stick together for so long like five of you right it's such a big thing yeah. for me because people mm-hmm. usually when they see success like getting acquired by someone is not a small thing right especially yeah. on that note and once you see success you're like okay i get to do this and i want to like you know do my own thing and what not so how did you mm-hmm. come back what was like you know your bond uh what was your hunger look like back then mm-hmm. yeah we were still hungry because um i think it's it was like around the acquisition time i i don't remember if it was before or after but we saw this new problem right where our users mm. from the authentication product wanted to have a notion integration yeah so we saw this entire problem and mm. yeah we still wanted to build another company together so we decided to build type dream and uh, how did you go from 0 to 1 especially did you use the leverage from the auth company customers you reach out to them what was the, what was your go to marketing strategy was like Um yeah so not necessarily from the old auth company but um so we were targeting people who were building their websites on top of notion so mm-hmm. we would go to um i think there was this directory of websites built on notion um mm. do you know site hustle stack no so yeah there there was this website called site hustle stack just a directory of site hustles Um uh-huh. and then a lot of websites like on that directory was built on Notion. So we decided to do the things that don't scale by right. like yeah. we contacted them one by one. We rebuilt their Notion site to TypeTree and we right. sent it, we just showed it to them. Um hey, I rebuilt your site using TypeDream. What do you think about it? Yeah, so we did that one by one. I think there was like wow. 500 of them at least. and then we got we onboarded them to our platform asked for their feedback and then if they liked it we asked them to help um share it on social media mostly twitter and it just right. worked out from there um yeah so wow. the beta phase lasted for about 3 months and we finally launched to product hunt in july of 2021 and that's awesome yeah, that was the inflection it- point <laughs> is side hustle stack is it i i kind of hear heard that name is it from michael novotny is that the guy who built it if i'm not wrong um, uh, i don't know if he's also the guy who built it but i know legion oh probably mm-hmm. i might be tripping sorry my bad i might, I might be like yeah, you know, <laughs> confusing with some other thing uh mm-hmm. that's amazing in product hunt let's talk about it right Yeah. I've I've heard so many stories like, you know, like yours product and actually like is the elevation point for us. It actually mm-hmm. changed the trajectory trajectory of our startup life, our personal lives and I'm personally one of them. Uh personally changed my career. Shout out to product and, you know. <laughs> uh homage to it. Uh I'm wearing hat for folks who are not uh, seeing this conversation but So talk to me about it, like how did it actually impact it like truly and gave you that confidence that we can go all in again on this thing uh, and there is a big wave 
Yeah, so before Product Hunt, our product wasn't public yet. We were waitlist only, and that's because we wanted to get as many feedback as possible. Um, and also to create FOMO, so two things. <laughs> yeah, we were building in public, we were sharing what we learned from almost every onboarding onboarding call we did with our beta testers. And then right. we also built FOMO from there because we would share it on Twitter and then people would join the waitlist and then people would tweet about them joining the waitlist in order to be pumped up the waitlist. Right. Yeah, so that was the, that entire marketing slash product strategy. Um, but right. when you launch a product hunt, maybe it's due to the hype we built like a few months before the launch, but we mm. got number one product of the day, the week mm -hmm. and the month, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So that is why it was the inflection point because we finally opened our product to public. We got a really good traction from product hunt and yeah, that, that gave us enough conviction that we should pursue this full time because yeah, we get, we got a lot of volume for product hunt. And I, I still remember, uh, I think you guys did like a, like a virtual conference or something like that. Uh, or yeah. I don't know, something, uh, something around those lines. Yeah. No what, code. So we made this event called no code November, um, mm. where it's inspired by no shave November, but yeah. Right. So the event was like in the month of November, um, we would encourage people to build any project with any no code tool. So yeah, we mm. partner with a couple of other no code tools like glide shout out yeah, yeah and other a lot of other no code tools including type dream ourselves yeah yeah we encourage people to build a project on using no code tools and then um if they were able to launch their project within the month of november then we would consider them as winners and we would give them mm -hmm. a bundle promo code from all of the participating tools which was really valuable to them because people yeah, yeah, yeah. But we usually use like many different tools, right? Right. Yeah. I still remember, I think we did like a Twitter space, if I'm not wrong, you and I. Yeah. Uh, on, on, I think on a Monday or Tuesday. Ooh. It was very fun to like, you know, uh, be involved in such things. I feel, you know, 2020, 2021, those, those years are very fun. 2021, 2020, like, you know, yeah. at least the beginning of, it was very fun. It was like, everybody's like doing such you know, uh, uh -huh. public events and, you know, talks and all that in such, you know, yeah. fun, fun time, experiments. Fun. I miss that. I miss that in a way. Probably you should bring back, I don't know, like, you know, October creator or something like that. Creator <laughs> October. I don't know what that is, but yeah, yeah. something that's, that's, that is around creators and, uh, yeah, I would love to, you know, see some, some action from tribe dream, but yeah, maybe we should regret our event to like, Creator October. Now that we're targeting creators and not only yeah. you know, people, like yeah, not not just people who want to build websites. Exactly. So let's talk about your whole building public, you know, philosophy, mindset, uh, the way you know your frameworks, the way you do things. I just saw that at Type Dream, you're a you're you're a COO. You handle marketing. You also handle HR, and you also handle finance. 
<laughs> what else yeah. what else is there like can you do everything pretty much like and top of it you do content if i'm not wrong for a type dream and for yourself yeah. and you tweet a lot like you know uh, and you do everything in public so how how come uh, a a coo hr finance i understand marketing is a bit of like you know it has that angle to it but how come these personas in you are clashing with the persona which is a bigger persona of someone who builds in public constantly and consistently right so talk to me about that the differentiation like how you think about the whole movement yeah i feel like that's just it's just like that with founders we got to have we we got to wear multiple hats especially in the early days when mm-hmm. you didn't have enough fun fun to hire people right yeah you just have to do what is necessary for the company so hmm. i was i'm the non-technical person in the company because for my other co-founders they are all like engineers they have engineering background so mm. i had to do everything non-technical including mm. marketing and i do marketing by building in public on twitter yep. as well as mm-hmm. on other platforms as well and it's just that with tiktok and instagram you kind of have to be a content creator where, where you like um create short form videos right. um yeah. other non-technical things um yeah finance that's non-technical and then hr when we start hiring employees i also had to deal right. with the like payroll benefits wellness kind of stuff kind of things all, all other fun things right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so well um if you want to generalize it it's i handle everything non-technical although if you break it down it sounds like right a lot of different things <laughs> right and how do you manage like what, what what's your day to day look like doing so many things uh and yet keeping up with mm-hmm. with twitter with this constant feed that changes every second uh as you tweet yeah what, what, yeah what do you do okay so to be honest hr and finance they don't take that much of my time because i would usually need to only do them once a month like beginning of month mm-hmm. um and then the rest of my time i would spend it on the marketing and customer support um side mm-hmm. of things so what i do is i bridge the gap between my internal team and our customers so i would mm. um promote our new features and improvements to our customers as well as receive feedback from them and relay it back to the team mm. um my day to day yeah it's just like that creating contents um i would usually creating contents click come kind of naturally i usually treat my social media as my personal journal right. so i would reflect what happened during that day like what i learned what new things i like uh, what new things the company built um any failures anything and then i would just journal them Twitter mm-hmm. is the easiest. It's just um, text-based. Mm-hmm. I would just write a thread about my learnings or successes, failures, or the features I built that day. Even sometimes it's a hard sell. Sometimes it's about myself. And then the next day, I would turn them into short videos for Instagram and TikTok. It's basically like that every day. Wow. Then I would spend some time doing customer support as well. <laughs> 
that's a lot my god you know i don't know what you eat please recommend that for for others too on twitter so that we all can beef up our our, our mental muscle to do like so many things uh no i'm impressed in you know uh, that's one thing i really admire about you as as a, as an individual and a founder is that uh you constantly have that you know new energy that you bring in right like on twitter yes you share like some sort of something new mm-hmm. and you know i think one of your tweets led led me to dm you and we met so it's kind of like that like you know okay i saw you i think you're hanging out in at, near golden gate which i was like oh we can meet like you know i'm in sf let's yeah. meet right right so yeah. so i think sharing the personal experiences as well as like the lessons you're learning building tribe dream i feel everything mm-hmm. counts part of the building public strategy right and yes. i I, mm-hmm. i i hate yeah. calling it as a strategy because it's a way of living you know mm-hmm. uh it's it's basically expressing yourself uh without any filter uh you know it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be everything but you know you have to be mindful about it and that 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 is a great segue for my next question which is in your whole experience of building type dream and the other two you know startups uh mm-hmm. what is like the toughest thing for you to do you know personally as a founder the toughest thing for me to do let me think about this question um i would say it's like my ability to adapt with different problems hmm. so i can talk about this one thing so with the two startups i built before i mean one didn't even launch because we couldn't get the license and there's a second one it launched but we were only working on it for about a year before it was acquired hmm. so we were like all we knew was how to grow from zero to one but hmm. we never knew how to do it from like how to grow a company from one to beyond hmm. that is what i'm currently struggling with with type dream and mm. what i'm currently trying to overcome mm. um yeah so type dream has reached a point where we need to grow it from one to something we feel mm. like we've reached um product market fit where we have a constant flow of revenue it's just that we need to finally um think of a way to grow this even bigger mm. yeah so the hardest thing that i face is the ability to constantly adapt with the mm. situation it's continuous learning it's not like i can apply the strategies i did from 0 to 1 to 1 absolutely or <laughs> and what what are some measures you're taking as of, as we speak right now you you're just expressing that you're in a phase where you have to go from 1 to mm-hmm. n right like yes. any new uh anything that you're recently learned that you want to share in this podcast um not really learning but i basically just talked to a lot of um bigger companies on how they moved from one to n so hmm. from the marketing point of view specifically from zero to one all we did was word of mouth right i did build in public i sometimes i post uh, like we did this um hype cycle strategy where when mm-hmm. web3 was a thing we would build website templates for 
Web3 creators. So that mm -hmm. got us some volume. And then AI was trending. We were building some AI functionalities as well as AI templates. Mm. Yeah. So just chase, we chased the hype cycle and mm. um, relied on word of mouth. But for one mm -hmm. to end, we learned from other companies, other, other founders that we need to have a, like, a reliable source of growth. Mm. Yeah. And that is what we're learning right now. Mm -hmm. We're testing different strategies, like including paid, paid marketing. So we're, mm. our strategy right now is to have ambassadors who would use our product and constantly create content about our product. Right. Right. Yeah. I was, as I well was as actually, I was about to ask, have you thought about building a community around Type Dream uh, creators who use Type Dream? Uh, have, do you have one? What's your take on like? Yeah, you know? we have. So we have a Discord community where we would invite creators who are using Type Dream to talk about anything, not necessarily Type Dream. So we would have channels for beauty influencers, mm. gym influencers. Yeah, but we haven't nurtured it that much yet um we're hmm. still figuring it out like which effort we want to double down at this time because it's really early and how from going from one to n i'm sure we all know i personally know uh build in public really helps you to take off you know in the early days it's like the yeah. best thing you should do uh any founder it's like a it's like a written prescription right you yes. have to build in public if you are a startup founder in this day and age, uh, mm -hmm. how much of it is really helping you to grow from one to N? Do you have any uh, observations that you want to share? Um, yeah. So for one to N, what I observed, I don't know if this is true because again, I'm very early in the process, but yeah. um, if I share something from my like from my own account, it's not as effective as if someone mm. else share it from their account. Okay. So yeah, building in public, it's still necessary, of course, because people wouldn't talk about me or my business if I have, if my social media is dead, right? If right. there's no post on my account, but the, um, like, the secret sauce is if someone talks about you and your business, not you talking about yourself and your business. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And what, what, when you, when you do uh, realize that like, okay, it's, it should come from outside. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you guys plan to do apart from the paid ambassador program? Those are all, I feel like, you know, it's kind of like experiments that you run, but any, mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just curious that do you have any, um, you know, battle tested lessons? Okay. This really worked really well in the past six months, for example, uh, any, anything that you want to suggest, like from, from growth standpoint, from marketing standpoint, Hey, we did this like no code November is, is a thing, right. Which actually was a, you know, was helped you, you know, yeah. innovate. And any, anything that you want to share in the last six months that, okay, wow, this really worked. Let me actually, we have to focus on this. Yeah, actually what really worked was the paid affiliate thing. So we didn't, uh, we didn't do any paid affiliate program earlier. Mm -hmm. People were just naturally sharing 
um, people were just um, sharing their experience using Type Dream organically mm-hmm. for some mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. So either they used Type Dream, they were very satisfied, and they would share it on their social media, or there was this trend that lasted for a few months where people used to recommend like their top 10 tools for mm. to run their theater business or to run their small business. Yeah, there was a lot of those tweets um, mm. and Type Dream was constantly mentioned in those tweets. So that used to work really well for us that we decided to do this paid affiliate thing. So mm. we know for sure that they will constantly post about us and not only um, depend on if they want to do it. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And uh, I've kind of tried affiliate program but it shout out mm-hmm. but i didn't you know after after acknowledge this i didn't pay much attention i thought like people who you know they want to make money they just like share a link and you know yeah. we all make money and it's not the case like you have to really put a lot of effort building mm-hmm. assets like spoon feeding them giving yeah. them copy the email they they might write for someone else like it should be so detailed and yes, exactly. packaged in a way that uh okay now i have this the link as well as a kit okay now mm-hmm. i'm you know i can like you know bring more people in right so it should be that intense which yeah. i completely missed and it was one of the things that i failed miserably uh, at executing mm-hmm. it's like the affiliate program and you know that's one one lesson i learned i just want to yeah. share given that you're talking about that's affiliate definitely program. an active affiliate partnership Right. Um, if um, if for for passive affiliate partnership, you would just give them an affiliate link and they would put it on their website or link in bio and that's it, right? right? Whereas for active, we would like constantly brainstorm content ideas for them, encourage them to create content about mm. Type Dream or about their business, but using Type Dream, yeah, a- any sort of content, we would actively follow up with them, do a monthly retrospective stuff like that yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. no i think (laughs) it requires a lot of effort which i i didn't have back then so for folks who are listening please please invest a lot of time it's worth it like i heard i hear a lot of amazing stories about growing massively from just you know implementing affiliate program in the right way so don't underestimate it has its potential but do put in your put in your time Let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about your uh, uh, before even going there. I think let's let's cover this the type dream. So you were once a website builder. So how did you ended up being like uh, offering a buffet for creators? Like you have LinkedIn bio yeah. is a, is a thing. So what is that mm-hmm. a pivot? How do you describe it? When did you realize yeah. it? And when did you act? You guys actually made that move? Yeah. I would say it's a soft pivot Mm -hmm. Um, and it's because in the early days we were just a website builder and we were serving mostly um, startup founders. So people who want to start founders or indie hackers. So people who want to build a project, they would usually Mm -hmm. need to whip up a quick landing page to start accept waitlist or like just to show their idea to VCs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from startup founders, a lot of 
digital creators, especially Notion creators, were also mm -hmm. building their websites on TypeDream. So they would need a landing page to list the Notion templates they're selling. Mm -hmm. Um, and then out of the two categories, we see a lot of like a very high churn with the startup founders mm. group. And that's mm. because not because of not because they need more customizations or things like that. Well, they do, but that's not the top reason. The right. top reason why they churn is because they're they no longer need type cream because they know they're no longer pursuing their product, their project. Right. Right. And that makes complete sense because 95% of startups fail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, 95% of startups fail, and that is if they have a team. So I believe mm -hmm. more, um, yeah, indie hackers fail more than that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So I would say, yeah, so that is the reason why um, churn was really bad with the startup founders group. And right. then we saw this other niche that we're also using us, which were the Notion creators. Mm -hmm. And they have they, they tend to have a longer niche because they don't shoot for moonshot products. They were they're just mm. yeah, it's mostly their side hustle. They're not doing this full time. They would still have another job and then yeah, if they sell something then they don't have any they don't have certain expectations. They would still have this business on the side. Um, mm -hmm. and they would just shut it down after three months if it's not working or something. They would just, yeah, let right. it be there. It would generate some cash. Yeah, so we decided to dig deeper in the second category, which are creators. Mm -hmm. And we found out that a lot of creators are also the new gen SMB, as in, so the old gen SMB, they would have restaurants or beauty salons. Mm -hmm. brick and mortar. The new gen SMB they right. would usually start by being a creator so they would build their brand and then they would sell something like leveraging their brand so sure. for notion creators they would sell notion templates mm -hmm. um, some other creators they would sell a course like mm -hmm. maybe yep. how to help and then um, a lot of them also sell their fitness coaching service yep. and mm -hmm. then they're a beauty influencer right they might even sell physical products. I think most of the, 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 the category you're talking about is, uh, I think Jack Butcher, you know, coined this. It's those people who productize themselves, meaning yeah. uh, they, they're, they have a specific knowledge in them. You know, mm -hmm. they're teachers, they're like educators, you know, not in a true sense. What I mean by that is they're coaches, right? Yeah. They, they yeah, build yes. this knowledge over the years and they want to, they want to like pass it on to someone else. So these are the folks who, who are making a ton of money uh, on Twitter, for example, like they build an audience, like, you know, I, I understand, I feel, uh, how did you guys approach that category? Uh, in they have money, right? Like they have money, they can spend on things. So mm -hmm. what was like your, uh, your strategy was back then? Um, like my strategy in reaching out to these creators or yeah, the, the second type of creators, how did you mm -hmm. ended up like, you know, convincing them that we were building this thing? Yeah. For you? Um, so we started with the creators who were already in type dream. Um, we decided to again, do things that don't scale by, <laughs> um, hopping 
uh, to a one-on-one -on -one call with them because most of them would want to hop on a call with us because when you say that, um, hey, do you want to hop on a call with the founder? Then they would usually be like, oh, wow, I get to talk to the founder. Right. Yeah, they would usually be up for it. Um, we would then ask them, like, what do you need as a creator? Just tell us. We'll build it for you. Like, just hmm. treat us as a software house because we want to okay. build our products around you. So just tell us um, how we can help you run your business. And then the learnings there is that aside from a website, they would also need a link in bio. And that's usually the entry point. Hmm. They would need a gumroad kind of thing because they would need to sell their products. And then they would need a newsletter because they want to like keep in touch with their audience, tell them whenever they have a new product or just a monthly newsletter kind of thing. Um, they would also need a form to just collect leads. So yeah, um, after talking to a bunch of creators, we decided to build all that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we so have you... a, aside from the website builder, we have a LinkedIn bio builder, we have a form builder. Nice. Um, we have a government replica. We have, uh, yeah, we have everything. Nice. And... That's awesome. You kind of like <laughs> are building for creators now, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And do you have any crazy story that, that creators who are using type dream that you want to share, like something like I made a million dollars or, you know, sold this template, anything that baffles yeah. your mind. Wow we made it possible we made we actually yeah. are kind of like you know one of the reason for their you know livelihood reward share share is like some of the goosebumps moments you know in the history yeah. of time dream <laughs> um the best success story that i can like that i remember on top of my head is actually islo oh he's like the number one notion template creator out there uh-huh yeah. um, and he made over six figure a year just from selling Notion templates. He's still a student, by the way. So it's not like he has to leave his day job for this or anything like that. Wow. But he's already making then what most people make from a day job. And he's in Singapore. He's not even in the US. So mm. wow. like even more than people who would have a day job in Singapore. <laughs> wow. Did you guys do yeah. like a success case study over him? <laughs> yes, we published a blog and a newsletter about wow. history. Yeah, we'll we'll link that, you know, in the podcast. Uh, yeah. So, as you know, right, like Billion Public is not always about roses or the mm -hmm. highs or mm -hmm. like, you know, it's not always smooth. <laughs> it's yeah. also about like sharing some of the lowest mm -hmm. of the lowest moments and uh, you know, taking the falls, right? Mm -hmm. If you may share, like, did you ever feel like, man, this is really tough. Building this thing is really tough. I can't do it anymore. I felt like, mm -hmm. wow, you know, I'm overwhelmed with a lot of things like, you know, content, I have to publish this. There's a lot of stress. I have to like do marketing. Oh. In your case, I have to do HR, finance, like, you know, all the other things, non-technical. <laughs> have you ever like, felt that and if you ever did how did you overcome it uh what did you do um for me i've never really felt like it's too much that i don't want to do it anymore like mm -hmm. it gets too much sometimes but 
I always have this mindset that I still want to do it just because I don't know. I can't imagine doing anything else in my life but to build a startup. Maybe、mm. it's everything I know because I've never done anything else、um, after、mm. I graduated.、Um, so yeah,、um, so、how, no matter how hard things get, I would still have the mindset that I need to rise from here and、mm-hmm. continue building this. Who are you fundamentally learning from constantly on a day-to-day basis? Like, do you have do you have a set of heroes that、yes. you look up to? My role model is Sean Puri and Sam Parr from My First Million. I、okay. listen to their podcast religiously, and I apply the advice and the learnings I got from that podcast to my day-to-day life running type dream. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think you seem like a biggest fan of them. So I don't know if Sean's ever listened to this podcast, but if he ever, <laughs> Sean is your biggest fan, Sean. <laughs> Uh, hopefully, you know.、Uh, probably, I'll bring them on the podcast, and you never know. You know, I'll probably like shoot my shot. In that would be really cool. Yeah, the, that that might be a thing.、Uh, that's so awesome talking to you, Michelle. I feel like you have that. You're still young, but you still have that maturity of thinking beyond、uh, beyond ground, right? Like you, you, you have the tendency of stretching yourself. Challenging yourself and、uh, being in the game, and I I do appreciate it.、Uh, I think last thing I want to ask, like,、mm-hmm. how much of this,、uh, the thing you're pursuing, how much of the the immigrant hunger is fueling you, like driving you? I know you you've got、mm-hmm. your green card, but was there like you know like a fire that okay I have to prove I have to like make it. You know how much of that really helped? Oh, I would say it's a big portion of it,、mm-hmm. and that's because、um, when I came here to the U.S., I realized that、um, there are not a lot of immigrants from Indonesia who ended、yeah. up staying here. Like a lot of them just went back to Indonesia.、Um, And it was really hard for me to find a role model that is close enough that I could, like, follow their path. Because、mm. if I if my role model is Steve Jobs, it's like too far fetched, right? I couldn't、yeah. possibly like try to follow his path to success.、Um, yeah. So I thought if I had another Indonesian role model in the same field, then that、mm. would be easier for me.、Um, but I didn't have that. I had to learn everything the hard way. But now.、Mm. I'm、um, so my sister is also here in the U.S. She's currently studying, and、mm. she's seven years below me. And I'm、mm. starting to see that my sister and her friends they're leveraging me. Like、mm. um, they constantly ask for my advice, my feedback、mm. on how to become like me, and I. Um, see the value there. Like, okay, so I'm not just doing this for me, but I'm also here to inspire other、right. immigrants, other Indonesians to be like me.、Right. Yeah. So I found this new purpose, and I really want to be the stepping stone for other Indonesians to make it in the U.S. That's so beautiful. That's damn beautiful. I would say is you know, <laughs>、uh, I feel, I believe that. 
true purpose of a human being is actually helping other human beings you know and yes. helping them mm-hmm. succeed in their own life and kind of like there is a there is a joy element to it and yeah uh, i i mm-hmm. just am positively envious that you found <laughs> you kind of like found your you know other calling which is not the startup calling but you know you want to inspire aspire the next generation of indonesians and not just yes. indonesians i would say anybody yeah, who moved to this country yeah everybody who moved this to this country with this big dreams like big american dreams there yes. who are still chasing mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm one of them i'm still chasing i'm still you know even though i have the bigger uh ambition of working for 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 a thing for myself and create opportunity for others i'm still not there yet so i'm still in the race uh and i feel like you know uh i'm so you know happy to hear that from you at a, such a young age you are still you know you're you know you're at a point where you're like okay this is not about me it's beyond me and i'm here to pay it forward i love that a lot and this is this is an awesome conversation and thank you for joining today any any closing thoughts before we wrap up um yeah i would say yeah i have this one thing that i always say to people who want to start their own thing like finally take the leap to pursue their dreams mhm Um yeah and I always say this thing where um it's better for you to just start now don't worry about perfecting mm-hmm. things before mm-hmm. launching because it'll mm-hmm. never be perfect so mm-hmm. fail fast fail cheap fail forward um awesome. yeah so just fail a lot because you will learn from each of your failures just like I did I always learned from the failures of building my previous mm. um company Um and if you fail enough times then you will know how to avoid those failures that you will um slowly go towards the right direction. Hmm. I love that. Mm. Um you know basically you're, if you're failing you're learning right you're not actually failing yes. you're, you're giving it a try mm-hmm. but it didn't work and yeah. you learn how not to do <laughs> or things that didn't work. Not to the same failures at least and there's only a finite amount of failures that you can make right so. exactly, exactly. <laughs> michelle thank you appreciate again for you know taking the time and joining us on this on this podcast you know for folks who are listening guys do it you know that's it that's the that's the fodder uh there is no secret sauce like you know there is no shortcut you have to put into the effort and yeah. new like failing continue learning continue trying and if you play long enough you will win at some day you know we don't know when yes you will definitely yeah. make it <laughs> that's the goal but uh yeah this has been fun michelle and keep keep going i love love to see more of your posts on twitter and love to see mm-hmm. you succeed in in the type dream journey as well as you know as a, as an individual person as well so i'm rooting for you mm-hmm. uh on that note cheers folks thanks for tuning in appreciate you guys